There's some different things that can be done with how the depreciation is assigned. And some investors don't need the depreciation, so they hand it back to the sponsor who can divvy it up differently. But you want to know from your tax advisor how this depreciation is going to work out, how these payments are going to affect you. Welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. If you're paying attention, you know that you only make money when you work. It might be great money, but it's dependent on you. The information on this podcast will help you solve that. We interview experts and provide analysis into financial freedom through commercial real estate. Why? To help physicians like you thrive. Let's dive in. Welcome to Surgeon Syndicate. This is your host, Dr. Michael McManus. So glad you are here. And I'm hoping we can add some great value to you today. Today's going to be a shorter conversation, but we're going to be talking about the actual nuts and bolts of investing in a syndication. We've gone over syndication structures and how the payouts work and waterfalls and things like that in the past. But I've had some people go, wow, I was going to invest in a syndication and the paperwork and the whole process was a little daunting and overwhelming. So I would walk through it once here so you had heard it. So when the time comes, if you decide to invest passively in a syndication, it all makes sense to you. Um, I was thinking about this today because I was actually signing some paperwork to double down on an investment in a startup, but a lot of it's kind of the same. And this is an interesting, maybe we'll talk about it when things get a little further down the road with the business, but it's a really cool sexual health med spa concept that I got excited about it because as a urologist, I know there's a need here. And this one comes at it from such a better angle than the shot clinics that are just out there saying everybody needs to pay $3,000 a year for testosterone, looks at the whole person, the whole relationship, awesome thing there. But, so I get distracted. So back to, so investing in a syndication. So when you invest in your syndication for the first time, how does that work? So typically what'll happen is you'll start the conversation. We've talked about talking to syndicators or operators. You'll get the pitch deck or an offering memorandum, and that'll kind of have the details of the investment will tell what kind of building it is, where it is, what the expected returns, what their whole business plan for making this whole thing play out. And typically you'll want to have a conversation or if you need two or three with the operators so you better understand the whole thing and make sure that they understand and are capable of executing their business plan. So then you reach a point and you say, yep, I think I want to do this. So often what'll happen is as deals are put out there, the capital raising process will start before closing. And so they will start offering a deal out to their investors and out to their network before the deals close. So what will happen with that is they'll ask for soft commits. And what that means is that's a non-binding, but basically you'll either by voice or often now it's through the investor portal, say yes. I want to invest the minimum or whatever you have, $50,000, $100,000 into this project. And then you're kind of on the list for the soft commit. And what that means, if you've got a deal that it's a $10 million deal and your loan ratio is 70%, so you're going to have to make a down payment of $3 million, you got a loan of $7 million, then typically you're going to be looking at another 10% at least, depending on the plan for value add to have reserves for all that. So if it's a $10 million project, you need $3 million for the down payment, typically you'd be looking to raise $5 million. So half of the purchase price, and that leaves money there to execute the business plan 
that can vary how much extra um pros and cons that if you don't raise enough a project can end up cash strapped and that can affect returns if you can't pull off your business plan because you ran out of money and it doesn't look good to the bank it doesn't look good to investors if somebody has to come back and say hey i need more money i messed this up if you raise too much money it affects returns because now you're not fully utilizing all that money so but that's kind of some of the decisions that are made by a syndicator when they decide when they're going to start raising capital so if for this deal they say we need three million down we need a million dollar for capex for repairs and we want to keep a million dollars in reserve because there's some unknowns so they reach out to their investor network and they say hey we got this new deal and that's typically when you will get the offering memorandum and call for soft interest or to have a call about the potential deal and so then you'll make that soft commit and so back to what they're looking for in that soft commit is okay i said i'm going to invest a hundred thousand dollars and if they need five million then they need 10 times five they need 50 people to put that amount in so they're adding up those numbers to say have we raised enough to move forward with this deal is the money there and then once they say it, as part of the whole at the same time you're often still negotiating some of the details with the seller so and as that evolves maybe the price goes down the price goes up you do inspections you realize that this warehouse needs a three hundred thousand dollar new roof so your capex budget just went up so so this is all kind of evolving here in in figuring out how much money is going to be needed and how much is available so that's what part of the soft commit is for and then there will usually be a date and that date is going to be a few weeks typically at least two before closing and it might be a month and that's where the next date or the hard commit or when funds are due is the date that if you want to invest the funds need to be wired in that's because you got to know before you go to the closing table that you've actually got money in the bank to close and the, the bank whoever's doing the loan wants to know the same thing so you'll have that soft commit when the hard commit comes is the time that funds go in now in the old days with local deals often you'd go down to the bank whoever the person is or the group is and you'd write a check uh, that doesn't happen very often anymore you may be wiring funds very common and then the so when this hard commit comes before that you will get the actual legal documents where you're signing on as a limited partner um and so you'll get this before this hard commit this wiring fund so i got ahead of myself and this is the legal document this is where you legally agree to be part of this entity and this is one that it's good to have a lawyer review these tend to be very templated straightforward documents if you've read a million of them and been through a million of them with a lawyer you may feel like i understand this well enough i don't have to pay my lawyer i don't need a lawyer on this deal or i know the person well enough and i've read enough of these that i feel comfortable that's a decision but from an educational standpoint my recommendation is have a lawyer review them and a lawyer who knows syndications and can tell you what it means especially if it's your first one because if you're investing as a limited partner part of what that means is you have limited liability meaning you can only lose what you've put in the deal where the general partner may have guaranteed loans and so they're on the hook for the whole thing if this goes sideways and so they have additional risk additional liability because a limited partner 
yours should be limited. So you want to make sure the documents you're signing say that you're signing on as a limited partner and it discusses your role there. There may be some language about capital calls. That happens if a deal's not going the way it's planned and they need more money and they may ask the investors for more money. Typically, you don't have to make an additional investment with a capital call. Uh, but what will happen is your portion will be diluted. If everybody else puts money in and you don't, your percentage you used to own will be diluted and you'll own a smaller percentage. Capital calls, we can talk about another time. Sometimes it's it's good to not go with the capital call. And sometimes it is because it's still a good deal. They just need more money. But um, But those are things to understand with your lawyer. It's also good, especially the first few, until you really understand it, to review it with your accountant and to have an accountant who understands syndication somewhat because there are tax consequences. Some of those tax consequences are good. That's depreciation of the building. That depreciation will often offset your payments in the early years so that that money comes out without any tax liability. Typically, there should be a cost segregation, which is done to accelerate depreciation. Go back and watch the episode with with Isaac from Addison Spec, and he goes into that in much greater detail of how that all works. But sponsors who won't pass along the tax benefits of a cost segregation or depreciation to their investors, I don't like that, <laughs> but they may also ask you, like, do you need this? Because there's some different things that can be done with how the depreciation is assigned. And some investors don't need the depreciation, so they hand it back to the sponsor who can divvy it up differently. But you want to know from your tax advisor how this depreciation is going to work out, how these payments are going to affect you. And then understanding how the money flows out of the deal. This goes back to the capital stack and the waterfall. Is it a preferred payment, meaning that the investor, typically your limited investor, if there's an 8% profit, then the first 8% of profits will go to them before the sponsor gets anything. Other deals may not have a pref, and it may split in lots of different ways, maybe 50-50. Maybe the limited partner gets 80% and the 20 to the sponsor, it could be opposite. It all depends on the deal, but you want to understand how that works and that the numbers you believe from the initial offering documents match in the contract. And typically they will, but these are things you want to know. So that will be your documentation that makes you a partner in the deal. So typically you'll sign those first. Today, these usually come for electronic signature through something like DocuSign or Adobe Sign and you will sign those first. And within them, there will be funding instructions. The funding instructions most of the time will be a wire transfer. Um, so then you will contact your bank and with the wiring instructions and they will wire the money to the sponsor that depending, there may be through the investor portal. Sometimes you can link a bank account for an ACH transfer. Those are all kind of pretty standard things. If you've never sent a wire with one of my banks, I send them an email to the banker with the wiring instructions. They call back on a recorded line and then they send the wire. There's a wire fee with another bank. It's actually in their app. I can go in the app and send a wire and there's no fee with sending a wire through the app. So that's nice. Or if it's through the portal, there's a, one of the people I personally invest with. 
you can through the portal do an ACH transfer right out of your bank. And so there's not a wire. So that's the funding and how the funding typically works. And so you'll sign the document, the sponsor will sign the document, you fund it, they'll send you confirmation of funds received. And now you're in the deal. You've invested in your first syndication. What happens after that? Well, hopefully they follow through on their business plan. You should receive communication back. Depending on the sponsor, some will just send quarterly newsletters and some investors don't even want to know. They don't want to hear a whole lot back. Other ones like to communicate a lot, especially if there's a lot going on. I invested in a ground up construction. They send monthly updates and they will even send announcements in between if something unexpected happens. And sometimes it's good news like, hey, guess what? We knew the biggest delay in this project was getting concrete delivered. Well, we just found out we're getting our concrete four weeks early. So the whole project is going to be a month ahead of schedule. Yay. Or it might be, hey, we just found out we can't get our concrete for a month later. So now we're a month behind. But there will be communication. And a lot of it, like I said, the more complex the deal, the more communication there should be. Sometimes these communications will come as an email. Sometimes they'll be, just be dropped in the investor portal. And then you decide from the portal whether you want to get an email that notifies you it's there or a text message. And that's how most of the communications will go, depending on who you are. And if you want to have a conversation with the operator, that's your prerogative too. And that's maybe a question to ask ahead of time. Go, hey, I'd like to talk to somebody about what's going on with this deal. How do you feel about having a 15-minute conversation once every three months? And if they don't like that idea and you like that idea, again, maybe a reason to not invest there. So I hope this helped. I just wanted to walk through the process because I know the first time to me, for me, it, it it all seemed kind of kind of awkward. And you can also ask if you're talking to a syndicator when you first start talking to them, say, walk me through your process. Tell me exactly how this is going to all lay out. Or do you have a document that you can follow along and check the boxes and know that everything's happening the way it should? Talk to your lawyer and your accountant, preferably one who has some experience with syndications to make sure you understand what all these documents mean and what it's going to mean for you in the future. So I hope that helps and look forward to your first syndication deal. If you haven't done one yet, this was life-changing for me and really changed my financial future to get out of just managed stock accounts. And I wish you the best too. Again, if you have any questions, if there's anything I can do to serve you, please reach out. Let's have a conversation. Ask me these questions too. I'm happy to answer them for you. You can reach out on LinkedIn. We should be all set up. You can go to surgeonsyndicate.com, reach out there or through Fortress Capital at thefortresscapital.com. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you again on Surgeon Syndicate. This has been an episode of Surgeon Syndicate. If you found value in this episode, no other surgeons are hungry to become job optional. You can help them by sharing this content today. I also want to serve you better, so I wanna offer you two things. Number one, I'll be able to give you the content in an even better way if you can take a moment and leave an honest review of the show explaining what you like and what you don't. And number two, if you are a surgeon and serious about this, you don't want to do this on your own because you don't want to make mistakes with your money. I'd be happy to help. Schedule a call. We can make a plan. Looking forward to having you with me on the next episode.